Rebecca. And I'm Jessica. And this is the Always the Critic podcast where a couple of friends review the latest movies, except we literally have zero qualifications to do so. Jessica, how are you today? I'm good. I have been packing all day long, basically, because I am going out of the country for the first time since like 2019 or something. Look at you. On a big family vacation, and it's going to be a lot of fun, but... We're like strapped for space, so I'm like struggling. I've been washing clothes all day, you know, you know the deal. And then like you make lists upon lists, and it's like now mildly stressful because the vacation's upon us. Oh yeah. So yeah, I have been doing that all day long. Vacation prep. Vacation prep. Oh, that sounds fun though. Mm-hmm. You'll be How's out of the day? country. Yeah. Uh, my day. <laughs> um, my day was fine. Uh, you know, doing I think you editing. have a story, maybe. I do a, I have a slight story. Um, besides the fact that I was editing another podcast and stuff, I did go with my dad to see today's movie, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, this was my second time watching it. This was his first time. And about halfway through the movie, um, he kind of turns to me and he says, hey, uh, I'm not really feeling comfortable with the movie. And I was like, oh. And... Uh, it's pretty much like the witchcraft aspect of this movie, which we'll get into and everything. Uh, my dad is a, a, he is a Christian. And so, you know, those things did make him feel mm-hmm. pretty uncomfortable. So we left the movie. We left the movie yeah, I was halfway shocked. through pretty much. Um, uh, and I, I won't give away in what moment, but yeah, we walked out of the movie and. So I basically had to just pretty much describe what happens the rest of the way to him. Just like tell him like, okay, this and this and this right. happened, type of thing. So, yeah. So that was an interesting way to, uh, to <laughs> pretty much start what we're about to talk about, really. Uh, but before we start talking about the movie, if this is your first time listening, go ahead and subscribe to your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. If you do like us, go ahead and give us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Five stars goes a long way for us. Come and check us out on social media to stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us on the Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Always Critic Pod. And if you're a fan, please, please consider becoming a patron. It's a great way for you to get involved and show your support. You can check out the page on patreon.com slash always critic pod. So today we are going to talk about the 28th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and that is Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. <laughs> Jessica, can you please tell us what this movie is about according I to Letterbox? Okay, according to Letterbox, Doctor Strange with the help of mystical allies both old and new traverses the mind-bending and dangerous alternate realities of the multiverse to confront a mysterious new adversary. So this is a movie that is directed by Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi, for those of you who don't know, uh, he is the director of The Evil Dead from the 80s, uh, Army of Darkness, of course. And then in the 2000s, he directed the Spider-Man trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spider-Man, the first Spider-Man, that is your That's top it. superhero yeah. movie, right? Whoa, I don't know. Uh, well, maybe I mean, not. I might but have it, come on and said something to that effect, but it is a high up on my list. I it's love high it. up on your list. You love original Same Spider-Man. with Spider-Man, too. You love Toby. And yeah. so Sam Raimi was behind those movies. 
Uh, this is the first movie that he's directed in nine years. Wow. Making his way back into not just movies, but also superhero movies as well. Mm-hmm. He's been um, producing and stuff. Yeah, he's But been he hasn't producer. been directing. No, this is his first foray back. And the reason why he's back is because uh, originally Scott Derrickson was supposed to direct this movie. Uh, but he stepped away due to, I guess... Uh, differences creative differences <laughs> uh that is the you know the term that they the gesture that you did just now that was yeah like, I, I put clash like yeah clash. Uh, but he stayed on as director because he is in the as i'm sorry he's uh stayed on as a producer is what i meant to say uh you'll see his name in the credits as a producer now the movie's written by michael waldron and the movie stars benedict cumberbatch he is back as dr strange it also brings back Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda Maximoff. Uh, we have a new character uh, played by Sochi Gomez. She mm-hmm. plays America Chavez. We'll get more into that a little bit later. Uh, more people returning. Benedict Wong is playing Wong. Uh, Chuatella Giafor as Baron Mordo and Rachel McAdams as Christine Palmer. Jessica, how well did this movie do and how did it land with critics? So it's got a 75% critic score, so it's not the most well-liked Marvel movie, and it has an 87% audience score, which is way, way higher. Um, The critics' consensus reads, Doctor Strange in the multiverse, Multiverse of Madness labors under the weight of the sprawling MCU, but Sam Raimi's distinctive direction casts an entertaining spell. And so this movie did very well, the number one movie of 2022 already, with a $185 million opening weekend, and it has scored $450 million worldwide in its opening weekend. So I can say that Marvel has kickstarted the early summer season now uh, with how they usually would always do. They would always have a movie in the first weekend of May, and this is no different. And now let's talk about the movie. Mm, So let's do this. Let's start with your general thoughts. Jessica, what are your general thoughts about the multiverse of madness? Well, I have to say that I went to go see it with my family and Mm. I am not. I have said this a million times. I'm not an MCU person. I like tolerate the MCU movies and I have my favorites, but it's not I'm not a diehard MCU fan. And I through osmosis and through doing this podcast, I have all this useless information in my head about the MCU. And so my parents, on the other hand, love Doctor Strange. And this Mm. is like one of their favorite uh, superheroes and their favorite um, movie because he has his own like movie. This is a sequel. This is a sequel. So they love the Doctor Strange movie. And they were really excited to see the movie. And I was kind of like, okay, well, I've been hearing good buzz, whatever, let's go. And um, everybody, like the whole Furby family was like very disappointed (laughs) in the movie, Uh including myself. I think that it like doesn't know what to do with all of these moving pieces. And it feels very just confusing. Not confusing because I couldn't follow the plot. Like I follow the plot perfectly fine it's just so many elements that don't seem to go together like they had all these ingredients and then the recipe wasn't right so Mm. then the food is just like ew like kind of gross i see what you're saying at the end of the day yeah and i would not recommend this movie to people unless they have 
encyclopedic knowledge of 30 movies plus a couple of TV shows, like it's not very friendly to the average viewer. And my parents also, I should say, did not like uh, WandaVision, even though I, me and my sister love WandaVision. That's like one so of our favorite. I. That's it. Yeah, that's one of our favorite Disney Plus shows. And they didn't like that. They, they didn't, didn't like, like no, okay. they didn't like WandaVision, but me and my sister did. Across the board, even though they disliked WandaVision, we liked it. Like none of us liked this movie at all. We were like, "Wow, this is sh- this is shit." <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, okay, so I definitely would not go as far as saying this is shit, uh, but I will say I yeah. Enjoy- let me okay. Let me like backtrack because I don't want to yeah. <laughs> say it's shit and then like basically discredit all the hard work that like all these thousands of people <laughs> did to make this movie. Right. But the finished product is not it. Not it. Um, I, I think that I probably enjoy the movie just a little bit more than you, but I'm not going to sit here and say that it's one of my favorite MCU movies. Um, I, I think I am in agreement with what you're saying about there are a lot of moving pieces in this movie mm-hmm. that, like you said, unless you are a dedicated MCU fan, you are going to be lost. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to have watched WandaVision. I think there was always a question of how important are the shows going to be to watch right. the movies. Well, we got our answer. And it is very important. Because if you had not seen WandaVision, you are going to be lost with how the character of Wanda is being handled in this movie. How mm-hmm. did it? How did we get to this interpretation of the character exactly well if you watch wandavision you'll go and even like that i still feel like there's a slight disconnect between the two Mm -hmm. even like that um over well the performances i think are fine i think olsen does a great job steals it she does steals a movie from benedict cumberbatch honestly you can kind of put her in that very exclusive tier of good mcu villains Mm. uh there's not really many because I think most of the time we always have problems, but she she's right up there. Like mm-hmm. Thanos, Loki, Killmonger, her like the, right. the four of them are in their own tier. She is amazing. I, I think the tone of the movie uh, kind of is like going back and forth between things. It's the Sam Raimi aspect. Yeah. I think of the movie where that tone is like towing the line between too morbid and then making fun of itself and like yeah you know what i'm saying it's kind of hard to like you know like grab onto the movie mm-hmm. if it if it sticks to one type of tone maybe like you 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 get the flow better but mm-hmm. some but the movie kind of dances back and forth and i wonder if that had to do a lot with sam raimi working within the constraints of the mcu and kevin feige who is the architect behind the mcu and I read this article that was pretty insightful and I will I won't like um I'll link it in the show notes actually. And it was basically a review of the movie and saying that what are these directors actually coming in to do because they're not bringing their singular vision to the project. They are just guns for hire essentially yeah. and executing the the vision of Kevin Feige and the the bureaucracy that is the MCU company behind these movies so it's kind of difficult to put like an auteur in the driver's seat and not expect them to like do any of their signature things so i would say there's there is room for it not right and they cited in the article like taika watiti with ragnarok 
James where Gunn again, with these are but these are slight deviations that feel grand because they stick out from the other movies. They do. They do. But they're still coloring within the lines. That was the whole thing. It's that, mm. oh, Taika Waititi is not like letting loose necessarily, but right. he is bringing his like, humor to it. Right. It's not Jackson Pollock where it's like a free range. I can mm-hmm. do whatever I want. Exactly. Yeah. There's still something that I they're have to do. They're working within these constraints. And yeah. who knows how much was edited after the fact because they didn't like it or it was too Sam Raimi or what have you. Yeah. Uh, one thing that surprised me was this movie's only two hours and six minutes, mm. which... Um, I mean, we're always preaching for like shorter movies, but with a movie like this, when I, I guess my thought process was if you're dealing with something with the multiverse and we've already seen like examples of it in some of the other MCU stuff before this, I thought, okay, they're going to have room to kind of breathe and let things like play out with this ever expanding universe. But like when tightening it up, I think you can see in this movie that some things needed to breathe a little bit. But it's buckling under the weight of like, they have to do all this fan service. They have to include all of these characters that reference X, all these other movies. And it feels like stretched. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It is feeling stretched. And that thin. does play into a two hour runtime, which I don't like to advocate for longer movies, but right. I see your point in that it's got all of this, MCU, all of these MCU isms, and then it doesn't have enough of like what makes this movie special. Like, what story are you trying to tell right now? Right, right now, and at the same time, how does it fit into the larger narrative that the MCU is like? Because we all, I think, what what we're seeing right now in Phase Four that we're in of MCU, we've had a few movies. We've had. Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternals, Spider-Man No Way Home, and now Multiverse of Madness. I think that there is an expectation by fans that was set by Endgame that everything has to be building to something. Mm. And that if it's not building to something, is it even important? Mm-hmm. And the that's I think not that something that goes against movie movie. It goes watching. yeah, it, it goes, goes against, against movie good storytelling. And good storytelling. I think that a story can play out on its own without having to interconnect with something. If it can inter- interconnect and maintain its own story, mm-hmm. great. Look at something like Shang-Chi that we saw in mm-hmm. MCU. That is its own story. Mm-hmm. That is a story that is pretty well self-contained, but they have a breadcrumb that can lead you to connect to MCU. Right. Now, it's not choking on its references to other MCU right. properties. This movie... Kind of is. Like yes. this movie is referencing Endgame. It's referencing WandaVision. It's referencing Spider-Man No Way Home. Like it has to hang on to mm-hmm. all these references. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it has to be pushing us a, a story forward. And it doesn't do well with its own story that's playing out in front mm-hmm. of us. Mm-hmm. Now, with that said... There are moments in this movie that I got super excited for and I got, you know, like I, you know, sat up in my seat and I was I was genuinely excited. There was moments where I got a little bit like shocked because, you know, for an MCU movie, it's it's a little heavier. It is a little fuerte and I'm wondering how they got away with PG-13, actually. Right. I mean, if, if this type of movie would have been released, you know, like 
let's just say like 25 years ago, it still passes the PG-13. Because if you look at something like, uh, what's it called? Temple Doom. Temple Doom has a guy ripping a heart out of someone. PG. So I don't. I don't know. I think, if isn't that the movie hard. that made them rethink the PG? Yeah, like it they is. need an in between. It is. It is. Yeah. You're right about that. But I think we're kind of looking at it through the prism of MCU because none of the MCU movies are like this heavy in theme, like dark theme, mm-hmm. or or they're not as I wouldn't even say gory, but like there's a lot of like it's morbid body horror mm-hmm. and more just Raimi <laughs> Raimi it is Raimi and so I think that's what's shocking a little bit of people because you know you go with your family and hey it's <laughs> yeah. MCU and you know we're we're excited to see Doctor Strange but right. then you know it's there's literally you know dark no, spells no, and stuff happening I don't want to say anything else yeah. but there's like you know stuff happening so it's a little tough. But again, Olsen's amazing, I think, in mm-hmm. this movie. Um, if it's a success at all, it's because of Elizabeth Olsen, in my opinion. It is. It is. Uh, but I want to talk about her plot line when we get into spoilers Ooh, for sure. Of course. Um, I will shout out that they beefed up Rachel McAdams's character and her screen time in this, which I thought helped tremendously. Oh, for sure. No spoilers there, but like. No. But I would say, yeah, um, one thing I will say, though, is that Rachel McAdams and Benedict Cumberbatch, who in the first Doctor Strange are supposed to be a couple and, you know, they break apart and everything. I just never feel like there's zero chemistry. chemistry. Yeah, there's no chemistry between the two. So even with the more screen time. I just do not feel chemistry. There's no magnetism there. No, there's not. Which which sucks because I love Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams is awesome. So do I. And but there is nothing there. No sparks. (laughs) Nothing. Uh really quick, I want to talk about our introduction to a new person or a new actress that's up and coming. Her name is Sochi Gomez. She plays a new character, uh America Chavez. Uh, America Chavez is a newer Marvel character, uh, kind of uh, introduced within the last like decade and a half in the comics. Um, her powers in the movie are not as well defined as they are in the comics, of course. But um, what did you think of having this character? Because I have uh, I have a thought on this character, the way she's portrayed in the movie. It's fine. I'm not. It's nothing to write home about. To me, they. I don't know. It just no, no dice nada. You know what I'm saying? I think like she's treated as a MacGuffin, mm. which kind of sucks. Like she's not treated as an actual character with like development. Yes. She's treated like an object. Like right. She's passing and her around the whole Yeah, movie. she is. And, you know, the, like her powers are the big whole thing about her mm-hmm. and why she's so important to the story. But again... I, I would have loved to see maybe a little more development for her character in the movie. There just wasn't enough. It's, mm-hmm. again, MacGuffin type of stuff. Uh, is there anything else that we can say before we get into spoilers? I I think we should just get into I spoilers. think we should just get into it. Okay. So let's go ahead and let's talk spoilers for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness right after this. The greatest trick. Houston, we have a problem. I... I'm the father. I see dead people. 
the devil ever pulled Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain Was convincing the world You can't handle the truth He didn't exist Oh, what's in the box? Alright, now before we start talking spoilers for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, uh, Jessica, what did you give this movie as a grade? I will give it a C minus, and that's being generous. I settled on a B minus. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, which is it's a full letter grade more than you, but mm-hmm. uh, there there's definitely something that I really want to talk about. Okay. And that is the character of Wanda Maximoff, a.k.a. Yeah. the Scarlet Witch, and how the MCU has done this character dirty. Whoa, okay. I don't know what you're about to say. Tell me. So this is a character that has been treated like shit since the beginning that she's been introduced into the MCU. Okay. And, and I don't mean like they've written her poorly or anything like that. But what I mean to say is that they have made this character a character of grief, tragedy, and loss, and never gave her anything as a reward for that. And just killed her off. So Okay, but they didn't. There's yeah. no way that she's dead. I don't think she's dead. But okay. the way the movie, you know, lays it out is that she sac- you know, she kills herself pretty much and destroys the dark hole. There's always multi- multiverse versions of this character, so maybe they can always pull her from a different multiverse. But with the way the movie ends her character, uh the MCU basically, okay, she she lost her brother, she's lost her family, she's lost Vision, the lover of life, she lost her fake kids. Then when she tries to get them, uh, she is rejected. So and it's just a, a well, she tragic tries to character. steal them from another. Well, universe. yeah, she does. And the it's just all tragedy and loss. And the only way for her to make it right is just to end her life. It kind of sucks. I, I well, don't they like only the gave way... her one purpose. Right. Right. As soon as she became purpose. a mother in. WandaVision, that was that was her purpose. That's why she lived, was for her children. Which, I think, it, we're, we're recording this right on the heels of Mother's Day, so that's kind of ironic. But I, know. I think that there's a little more nuance to it. Like, I'm not a mother, so I'm going to kind of talk just from being a daughter. But I just think there's more to my mother just, than just being a mom. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I don't like the crazed mom trope they kind of mm. went with with the character. Mm-hmm. The character feels like... That she can't be reasoned with. Right, she can't be reasoned with. And she's out of control with the one singular purpose. Uh, I don't like that. I didn't like the way that was handled. I would have preferred it to progress into something like that. But the movie starts us off that way. She's already gone in that aspect she's singular focused and only has one objective and won't stop and she's treated like someone who needs to be contained or is out of control and that's something that i've talked about before with the phoenix saga in x-men where i just hate every time they have phoenix in there and it's like oh my gosh she doesn't know what she's doing she's out of control we have to stop her and it's like okay a woman who has 
influence and power all of a sudden can't be trusted with her own emotions and like oh she's too emotional you know what i'm saying it falls into like that kind of like overplayed trope where emotional women are a danger and that women can't be can't control their own emotions like oh my god it's it's the worst trope out there and the movie does have a line on it and it's in the trailers where uh she talks to dr strange and is saying you do you break the rules and you're a hero I break the rules and I'm seen as the enemy. That's not fair. Mm -hmm. I would have loved to see a little more played into that because every action after that, they just invoked gender politics and they never deliver on like what's like on a um, on a resolution for that. No, they just say it at the front end, right? And then they go about treating it exactly what they were saying. They don't have any nuance. It's not. There's not, not a conversation subtle. here. No. So that is my biggest problem with the Wanda, like, of it all. Of the mm. plot, the way she is treated mm-hmm. in this movie. It also does not really feel very similar to the character that she had in WandaVision, which was the last thing we saw her in. Mm-hmm. Like, in that movie, she was very caring, very... Like, yeah, she had her family and stuff, and she willingly gave it up because she know she knew it wasn't real she knew it was wrong right she knew to mentally enslave all of these people in westview right and she knew it was wrong and the movie tries to explain it by saying it's the dark hold and it influences the person who's reading it but it just feels lazy but then that takes away so then it's kind of like (laughs) like an insanity plea like okay she can plead insanity and get off scot-free because of the dark hold being causing her to like lose her mind basically yeah so and be like frenetic about this one thing right exactly not frenetic frenzied about this one thing but i think that they should have taken that out of the equation as far as like oh she's doing this because she's under the influence of the dark hold it's like well the dark hold can only go so far like i think that they should have given it a limitation yeah so that we could have gotten a little more push and pull from wanda a little more oh she's kind of torn about what she's doing maybe she's you know conflicted in some way she didn't seem conflicted at all about no just murdering all of these uh people at carmitage had no no reservations she said and then they thought they could put this in there and think that this would like kind of soothe it all was that she was like i have been very reasonable and as, and wait till you see what I can do because you're going to think, oh, she was being reasonable before when she requested <laughs> that they deliver Sochi America. or America Chavez to her. Yeah. So she could take her power and essentially killing America Chavez. Um, yeah. Like that entire trope is the worst. I, I do not like it. And I remember watching the movie and... Some of the good things, some of the f- things that I love is seeing Wanda using her powers. Yes, that's a positive to me, too. I love when she's using her powers, you know, especially in- some of the um, uh, rea- bending of reality stuff that she did. Yes, I truly love when at Carmitage she is, you know, trapped in the in the mirrors and then yeah, the all mirror of a sudden dimension or whatever. she decides she basically turns it into liquid. 
Mm-hmm. And she's using the reflections to attack and pull people into that dimension with her. I love like stuff like that. Like those powers are really cool and visually interesting. Uh, just the motivation is just very, very uh, frustrating for me uh, because I would have loved to see that character have some type of a redemption. But the way the movie just went head on of like crazy woman. You know, <laughs> and then it's like, well, the only way to stop a crazy woman is by killing her. You know, like it it was terrible. And again, she could, you know, come back because there's multiverses. There's other versions of Wanda out there. So. I love that she is vengeful. I love that she's just uh, grieving because I think that Elizabeth Olsen is displaying all of these emotions incredibly. But there's somewhere inside like she is taking over another version of herself in another universe and doesn't give two shits about how that body is treated and that she's enslaved, mentally enslaved that version of herself as well. When she knows the pain and um, torture that the other Westview residents were put through from the same exact thing. Like, I don't, I don't, there's something missing there. There is. What did we learn then from Westview? Apparently nothing. Apparently nothing. <laughs> there were, like, so that that's that's a problem. That's a storytelling problem because you had a resolution in one story, but it didn't continue. That she had to story. deal with her grief at the end of WandaVision. She had yeah. to come to terms with the truth. Yeah. And then now she like doesn't give two shits about the truth. She wants what she wants. Yeah. Which defeats what lessons, whatever lessons were learned in that, in that first, <laughs> right. first part of the story. Which, I mean, that sucks. Okay. Um, I think that might be enough on Wanda plot-wise, at least. Okay. Um, America Chavez, again, I mentioned she's just a MacGuffin because she can she could punch holes through multiverse reality and be able to travel through them. I don't know what else she does. Is that it? Is that all she does? Not in the comics. Obviously in the comics, she could do a lot more. She has super strength. She has some flight abilities and, um, yeah, obviously she could punch holes, but she's much more in control of it. So obviously they're doing a more like ingenue. I don't know what I'm doing type of thing. And yeah, it's just like a tiny origin story for her because she doesn't know how to use her powers. Yeah. And then at the end, she eventually, knows how to do it she just, just figures it out hey just immediately it out. yeah just because strange says i believe you can that's pretty much i believe like, you can boom in full control of her power. full control <laughs> knows exactly where to put wanda at the in the final sequence like to make her see how wrong right she because is. it's not just that she's punching a hole into another universe it's that she's summoning another universe like she's choosing which universe to send her to right exactly she's which choosing. i guess it's quite easy once you do once you have confidence (laughs) yeah once you have dr strange saying you can do it uh okay so i think the big thing to talk about is the cameos that happen in this movie okay there are major cameos that all happen at the same time for those who uh were watching the trailers i avoided the final trailer because of a warning from our friend daniel romero and from another friend of mine uh, basically, if you wanted to go into the movie as fresh as you could, do not watch the final trailer. And it's because in the final trailer, they gave away one of the big things that I think would have been like an amazing reveal. And it's 
the Illuminati. Mm -hmm. The Illuminati is. I got spoiled for that. Yeah, it's it's a council of some of the smartest, most powerful beings in the Marvel universe. And so this version of the Illuminati was we have Black Bolt, which is a character from the Inhumans. There was a show on ABC for a little while. Got this, you know, defunct within like months. Apparently it was so bad. But Black Bolt is a very powerful character from the Marvel Universe. We had Captain Carter. Captain Carter is Peggy Carter. And she, if you watched What If, you'll see that she took the serum instead of Steve Rogers. So she becomes Captain Carter. Uh, We have Captain Marvel, but it's um, Maria Rambo. Yes, Maria Rambo. Uh And she's the one that became Captain Marvel in her universe. Uh, and then the final two, well, Mordo is part of this Illuminati because in their universe, Strange died. Uh, we'll get into that. We'll get, that oh my wild. God. Okay. Uh, Mordo is part of it. But then the final two, uh, the, the first one is fan casting. People have been wanting this guy as this character and we see it in the movie. And that is Reed Richards, a.k.a. Mr. Fantastic, played by John Krasinski. Yeah. <laughs> this is a huge, like, This fan is massive. Yeah. This is huge fan casting. I'll get to, like, I don't think it's really going to happen, but I'll get to that in a second. And then finally, the last member, one of the most powerful mutants ever, Charles Xavier. In his yellow uh, actual uh, machine from the X-Men uh, series, uh, back the animated series from the 90s and they even played the little x-men <laughs> tune yeah. when he rolled out i was dying i <laughs> loved it i was like yes i was super excited i um, guess we should mention that uh, danny elfman did the music on this yes he did danny elfman was the uh music composer, producer composer yeah. of this movie um how okay, did let you loose, feel let loose i mean uh, okay um, I think that this is ultimate fan service. Yeah. Uh, because in the end, it not to go Lincoln <laughs> Park, it didn't really matter. Because the all these characters that we are introduced to, one the Maximoff picks them off. Dispatches no problem. Them. No problem. Mm-hmm. Um Fanta- Mr. Fantastic tries to stand up to Wanda, and Wanda's like is is your wife still alive in this universe? Yeah, she is. Oh, this was brutal. Good. Then your kids won't be raised uh, alone. We'll have someone to raise. We'll them. have someone to raise them, and then she straight unravels up mercs him. him. Just she like, unravels him. Yeah, like mozzarella cheese. Had, just like I know. Ew, oof. mozzarella cheese. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't dude. have mozzarella for a minute. Uh, um, Black but then Bolt. she for him that was like the beginning of her like bending yeah, that in was reality, the where. They were saying like, oh, yeah, he can like kill you with one word or whatever. And he's smirking in the corner. <laughs> and she says, with what mouth? <laughs> and he has no mouth. She completely like uh, removed his mouth. And then what does she do? She crushes his head. No, no. Out of desperation, he he like yells and he kills himself. Because, oh, my like, God. The reverberation of his voice impacts him. So it, it kills him. Oh. Oh my god so then she shreds up mr fantastic uh then 
Uh, Captain Carter tries to put up a valiant fight and she uses her own shield to slice right through her. But uh, not before she says the line, oh, I could do this all day. Oh, yes. We did get more fan service <laughs> with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this time she got to say it. Um, and then she dispatches with Rambo. I think Captain the worst Marvel. one. The worst one was when she chopped her in half. She oh, chopped yeah, Captain Carter was, in half. Yeah, she. I was like, oh my god! I was shocked. With shocked. And then, uh, then finally, we get like the showdown that I was waiting for, and it was like Xavier and Wanda. Right. right. And Xavier, they go into a mind battle. And like we she see, she goes. It, he goes inside her mind. Yes, goes inside her mind. It's just like it, it kind of looks like it, Matrix. It, like yeah, all white. white, all yeah. white. But there's like rubble, you know, to symbolize Wanda's past. Mm-hmm. And there's a version of Wanda there, like help me, the help one me. that's supposed to be in this universe, right? And right there, we see this red mist approaching Xavier, and. Wanda appears and snaps his neck. And like not a only demon in the mind, form. Oh, in demon form. Not only in the mind, but then in real life. Like just snapped his neck. So there goes the most powerful mutant in th- in this 838 Earth. Because another <laughs> fan service thing is that our Earth, or where we see our mute, uh, MCU, is 616. Which is uh, a comics reference to... Where everything happens is Earth 616. There's other universes, of course, but ours, you know, the continuity is 616. I'm sorry. I, I see you. I'm rolling, rolling my eyes. I know. Again, another fan service thing. Um, yeah, this movie is full of fan service stuff. Uh, like, for example, the Krasinski thing. He's not going to be Mr. Fantastic when the movie when they build finally a, do the Fantastic Four. Which they yeah, announced. this was just like a have their cake, eat it too type of thing where it's like, well, the fans wanted this. Hey, here you go. You know, we gave you what you wanted, but mm. it's not really going to be Reed Richards in in the actual movie. So um, I, I think like the sequence is cool, but again, it's so full of just fan service that it doesn't really serve too much except for an explanation of what happened to the strange in that universe, which is... Um, they there's a whole propaganda thing of like thanos in that universe too but strange was using the dark hole to like find a way to kill thanos and stuff and so then the illuminati once they actually did defeat thanos here's the thing they used a solution and then killed him for it right which i'm like what (laughs) and and they said that strange agreed too uh but basically that Strange was the most dangerous thing in the multiverse. It's not anyone else. It was Strange. So he needed to be killed. And supposedly that Strange from that universe agreed to it. So he was. And But they did this whole propaganda thing that he died valiantly fighting Thanos and all that. Um, I mean, it's an interesting concept. Like, Strange is the one that's really the danger. I think it's an... Yeah, because we see it at the beginning when... Um, I think they're calling him Defender Strange. I don't know why, but he's the one with the ponytail. And he almost has the Book of Ashanti, then tries to take America's powers because he feels like he's the only one that can do it. It's the only way. And a lot of that is referencing Endgame. You know, like... The only oh, way. it's the only way. It's the only way. The only um, option. Yeah, like, 
Doctor Strange has to be the one holding the knife, Christine says. Like, you have to, basically, you have to be the one that, that does it. You're not willing to either make someone else do it or someone else has to play. Share the glory. No, it has to be because of you. And mm-hmm. so. He's uh, a type A person. He is a type A person. Um, that does lead us pretty much to the end of the movie where um, Wanda has a throne to the Scarlet Witch. So I don't understand this is that they were like, oh, um, the Darkhold gets destroyed by one of the other Kermitage people that like committed suicide to do it. Yep. To destroy it. She gets Benedict Wong to show her where the original was because he was like, okay, that was just a copy. The real thing is like etched in stone and this like remote like I don't even know what it was called, but it, I, I never seen it before. I don't give it a shit. It was a temple. Some temple on a hilltop. And they end up getting up there and it's like all this. It's basically she's like prophesied. Yeah. To be an almighty conqueror thing. Lady. Yeah, I don't even much. know. I don't I don't follow this. Like, for, first of all, in this universe, however many thousands of years ago, whatever, this was carved in stone and like Scarlet Witch was like portended to happen to be a thing. Right, to be a thing. So she was like, oh, they were waiting for me because of her like these weird monster sentinels there. And like, this is where I'm like, this is when I'm really shutting down on the movie. Because, because it's to just me, too much, right? It's too much. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, now we're dealing with this was always here. And oh, like, it's just so much like lore that. Like, lore I don't that was give never a explored. Shit. Lore that was never explored. We're on like the 30th thing here. And this is the first time I'm hearing about this. Like, it's very, it's just annoying. It, I can and see then that. we have Strange, who is trying to save America, that Earth 836 or whatever they were in goes to shit. And they end up in another universe with um and it's him and Rachel McAdams' character Christine Palmer from the 836 and they end up on another Doctor Strange whose world was like had an incursion so it like yeah. collided with a uni- another universe and it looks like a shadow world or whatever yeah he starts fighting with musical notes and I'm I like no that. I hated loved it. it I hated loved it, it. Hated that's, it. that's the type of creativity that I was wanting to see if you're going to use the world, use the world. Look, and they didn't do enough of it. I hated that. I oh, hated when yeah, they were using musical I, notes. You and I are completely I was like, what the fuck is this? That might be one of the most interesting things that MCU has done in a long time. Oh, my God. Yeah. Get your head out of your ass. That's what nah, I thought. Dude. Nah, dude. That was that was interesting. I was like, paquete? how do they expect me to follow this? And it was playing a song. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Which, like, okay, I called this the Fantasia sequence. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a good way. And I felt like I was in the freaking Disney Philharmagic ride at Disney Magic Kingdom. Again, so innovative. I, no, I really I'm not this. sitting in a crusty 3D theater with 3D glasses on from 2008. Like, that's what this felt. It oh, felt cheap. Yeah, no way. Not at all. And not to knock Philharmagic because I love that ride. But... I just felt like, you know, it felt childish. Oof. 
Oof. Felt like a fever dream. Ooh, no. <laughs> uh, but I will. I can't believe agree, we disagree though. so hard on that one sequence. Oh yeah, no, that that is an incredible We're sequence. Totally on it's one of the best of parts that. of that movie. But outside of that, though. Uh, yeah, like the movie does start stacking on itself all this lore and stuff that has never been explored before. And there's a lot of exposition that has to be dealt out to explain everything. And there's a lot of expedition dumps in this movie. Exposition. Exposition. <laughs> I, I said expedition. Yeah. <laughs> exposition dumps in this movie. There's so many where they're tr- they have to explain what is happening. Like in eight three six, that's a whole exposition dump of yeah. like what what where are you keeping us? What universe is this? What do you do for a living? What is our relationship here on this universe? Like it was one thing after another. Yeah. So. So I and the Illuminati sequence, another exposition dump. Another exposition dump, and. It just kept happening. It happened again in in the sequence where he meets himself in on the incursion universe, where it's like the dark hold. It takes a hold of the person. It takes a toll, and da, da, da. and you know, there's there's so much exposition throughout this movie. But they keep saying like, oh, the dark hold takes a toll on the user and all this stuff. But like, what exact? What are what are the symptoms exactly? They just they just say it. They don't show it, which is a problem because that that Doc Strange on that incursion universe was not like using the dark hold to get onto another like universe or like fix his universe. Like there wasn't, he was just sitting there with the book. Like, (laughs) I don't know what he was like doing with it, that he was still using it to do what? Like, I don't know. Yeah. There's, uh, and then what mania was his like, like the manifestation of him using the dark hold. I mean, I guess. The consequence? It's not, it's not enough. He didn't seem that crazy to me. No. He just looked busted. Right. I mean. I mean, he did have his third eye. The third uh, eye. The third eye. The yeah. eye of Akimoto. Um What? Okay. I don't even know. I don't even know anymore. What? I, I, the eye of Akimoto, yeah. I know that. Oh, my God. Any, anyway, though. Uh, so the movie, I mean, the movie, it does end with Wanda, and I put this in quotes, killing herself. <laughs> And destroying the Darkhold in every other universe. Because the only the only sequence that I was like, oh, this is good was when uh America sent her to that other universe that she was like um dream walking to. Yeah. Yep. And she ends up scaring of the kids, which <laughs> my parents didn't like that part either because they were like what the fuck is up with those kids? Like, why are they like, uh, like cowering in the corner? Like, it's like they, they. Why are they so pendejo? <laughs> well, I mean, it's a woman that looks like their mother and is attacking their mother. I guess they raised stronger children than those children because That's they true. were like, "What is up with those kids?" That is like, no, no, uh, I, I, I you understand know what, I'm what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. <laughs> uh, yeah, in this universe, they're like cowering little children. Uh, and I then my it. mom was like, "What's up? What was up with that ice cream song?" Because when they they do oh, like an yeah. ice cream song at they some do an point, ice cream song that they just, just make random. it up. My mom had no feelings whatsoever toward the ice cream song. She was like, like her face <laughs> was just like, "What is this?" Uh, that's that's actually kind of funny. That's actually yeah. Funny. <laughs> and I was like, "Damn, mom! Like you don't give a shit about." kids and their ice cream songs like what if we came up to you and started singing some random ice cream song and she'd just be like she was like 
no, like I wouldn't. <laughs> she, I guess she's very practical. I don't know. I do. Just to say like some positive things. I do enjoy a lot of the visuals in the movie. True. But then it's also all CGI. Like there's not a single. Oh, no, like, no, no. Nice practical thing about it. It no, feels like. That's fine. Uh, what I was going to say, though, like I do like one of my little visual sequences that I really enjoy is when we see the day walking first time sequence and Wanda from that universe is kind of like tripping out and not knowing what's happening. And then the picture of her celebrating her birthday just looks at her Mm. like I that was like I love that that little aspect of it. Uh, I do enjoy the entire Carmitage thing just really stands out. Oh, the mirror thing? Uh, yeah, the mirror where she's using the reflections to pull people through. Uh, that stands out. But also... I the- will say that the... And I got totally sidetracked by like my, my, my parents' reactions leading up to the scene where she faces off against herself and it's in the trailer where she's like putting her hand on her own face. That's that moment. But she says that line like, just know that they will be loved. And I was like, ooh, that's actually pretty good. Yeah, that, that moment... Like I was like, oh, they they got they got something there. Well, the thing is, instead of this other Wanda reacting with rage. And anger, she reacts with love. Exactly. Toward this other version of herself from another dimension. And that is pretty profound. Yeah. Considering what she already put her through. Basically, it shows that. She can be a caring person mm-hmm. versus even, even under a threat, mm. a threat to herself. Yeah, that she's protective. She's very mothering toward the kids. And she I think she it's almost like a comment on self self realization or self love as well, mm-hmm. where you know yourself the best. That's true. And so she knew inherently how this other Wanda, how the dark Wanda was feeling. Yeah. She had like, and an she sympathized and empathized with that, she with did. her pain. Yeah. So, all right. So one last thing to mention, uh, because this movie does have two end credit scenes. The very last one is just a silly one involving Bruce Campbell, who, because of course, Bruce Campbell is in a Sam Raimi movie. Yes, as a he cameo. is. He's in every Spider-Man movie, I think. Yes, he is. <laughs> he is. Uh, but in this aspect, uh, the first uh, trailer, uh, or not trailer, but the first end credit scene, uh, Doctor Strange walking down the street gets stopped by a new character. And this character is played by Charlize Theron. <laughs> I had no idea this was going to happen. I had no idea she had decided to sign up for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, and so her character, her character's name is Clea. She is another type of sorceress who in an, in one of the multiverses, she is the Sorcerer Supreme. Uh, she has a on-again, off-again thing with Doctor Strange. So what? this could be like a possible love interest as well as an adversary. Well, it depends on how they uh, go about it. And this is just teasing Doctor Strange 3 or whatever movie they're going to do where they have to go into the dark dimension to stop an incursion, apparently. 
So that's what happened. Well, he caused that. an incursion. Is well, what he said. caused one, and so she came to tell him, "Hey, you gotta help me fix help it, fix it." So <laughs> yeah. yeah, Charlize Theron. But not before he gets MC. a third eye. That's right. He does get that third eye because of his effects of using the dark hold. I guess. So talk to me. What is why is the eye called that? Uh the eye of Agamotto. <laughs> you keep giggling and don't tell me anything about it. Okay, so. 101. Tell me. How do I explain the third eye, basically? Um, shit, how do I explain it? But basically, it's a... What does it do? Why does it appear? Why does it appear? Uh, basically, it is a way of... Oh, shit. <laughs> the thing is that there's... There's different ways. It it expands their abilities, right? It's an antenna. Almost, almost. Uh, depending on which comic you you read, um, basically. Can you can, tell I'm already over this? Yeah, I know. I know. That's why, like, even explaining it, it's kind of like. So here's one thing that I like about the eye is that it wasn't just like a a dead fish eye, like up on there. On no. the forehead. It was like an angry eye. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like the eye yeah. popped out and it was like, oh, like, like mean looking. <laughs> that is true. And now I found that so funny because it had expression. <laughs> yeah. So that that eye, basically, it's, you know, it's it's actually if you look at his necklace, there's like a, a symbolic eye there. And that's where oh. he kept the time stone, right? Mm-hmm. Like he would hide it there. Uh, so that is a symbol of what really happens when you gain that ability uh, of that version. Basically, it'll it does allow for a stronger presence of like the mystic arts and stuff like that. Mm. That's the simplest way I can describe it. That's the simplest way. Um, so we'll most likely be seeing that when he taps into some of the darker elements of the mystic arts, that it's kind of like, okay, but there was a huge dark element that happened now when he was using the dark book, dark hold or whatever, where he friggin' possesses his dead body in earth 616 and, what does he do? Like, it, again, this is like exposition, but not really explained. He's just like, oh, yeah, keep an eye out for like the souls of the damned. <laughs> and yeah. They start harassing him. And um, I, I don't know, causing him pain or something like I don't know what they were doing. Yeah, they were. But he ends to, up yeah. utilizing them at Christine Palmer's existence where she uh, insistence where she says like use them use them how does she know to use them like it I don't does know. she say use them I yes. don't remember her saying that she kept saying like use it use them and then he harnesses them ties them together and like hmm. makes a set of wings out of souls i don't know like it was bizarre like what am i watching here i have so many questions but i don't care to find out the answer it's definitely that's my deal leans, that's my issue it definitely leans more into the mystic arts more than even the first doctor strange even more than what we've seen him use his powers in some of the other movies like spider-man or even endgame endgame you get a glimpse of it no infinity war 
you get a glimpse of it when he's like fighting Thanos one on one for like like a minute. Like he's using all these powers, like mirror dimension, and then multiplying himself and all that. Um, but this really lends leans into like the mystic arts, the magic, and some of the dark stuff with magic as well. Uh, so I don't know how to handle that going forward, but most likely it'll be just expanded more. Uh, you know, to really show his power. I can just see the look <laughs> on your face. You're over. You're over. I'm it. over it. I think we'll go ahead and we'll wrap it up there uh, <laughs> instead of just uh, putting you through more misery. All right. So <laughs> if this is your first time listening, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. If you do like us, give us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Five stars does go a long way for us. Uh, we do appreciate if this is your first time listening. We really appreciate it. Go ahead and subscribe. And you can stay up date with us on the socials. Uh, that is Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. What is the handle on all four of those? At Always Critic Pod. At Always Critic Pod, indeed. Uh, finally, if you are a fan, if you've been listening to us for a while, please consider becoming a patron. It's a great way for you to get involved. You show support with the show. You can always check us out on the page patreon.com slash always critic pod and if you're listening on spotify you can even subscribe to the show uh just you can have a huge backlog of our old episodes and just help support so subscribe on spotify uh you'll see the option for uh just 4.99 a month you can help us out and be part of the show all right with that said jessica you will not be with us for the no, next couple of weeks. Because I said I'm on vacation. Yep, she <laughs> is going on vacation. So you will have to put up with me uh, for the next <laughs> couple of weeks in what we, whatever we decide to do. Because the next movie that is coming out this upcoming weekend, I do not care for. Firestarter. I'm not a horror movie guy. So and it's a remake. Uh, and it's a remake starring Zac Efron. Uh, <laughs> I will see what we come up with. I think we'll have some fun. Uh, if you're listening, so and check I'll be us back out. for Maverick. Yes, <laughs> Top Gun Maverick, which I think I finally have my call sign, but I'll reveal it on that episode. Ooh. <laughs> so, uh, with that said, this has been our episode. I'm Rico, and I'm Jessica, and this has been the Always the Critic podcast. Yeah.